Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Matt Amendola and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by Jeremy Roenick, a former NHL hockey player drafted by our Chicago Blackhawks, eighth overall in 1988, and played for five different NHL organizations from 1988 to 2009. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready? On two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready? So what's been going on, dude? What'd you do for the 4th of July? Oh, man, a couple of pool parties. What? It was fun. Let's talk about NASCAR. Yeah, we could talk about NASCAR. Yeah, that Chicago race is pretty cool, man. I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember. You were with me when we're like, Chicago, dude, we got to get a hold of the 51 car. Right. Right? I, I mean, all, yeah. it, all it did was the races where I saw was crash, so. I'm like, that'd get on TV a lot. So we got a hold of them, and they put on the, the Team Butkus logo. I love it. And I think there's a there's another logo on the car in, what, Atlanta coming up at the new Atlanta race? No, they. <laughs> well, that's a funny story. Is I was like, well, good luck in Atlanta. And he's like, yeah, it's one of my favorite races. You know, I talked to the, the head of media, Tim. He's a great guy. We connected right away. He came up to the rooftop after oh nice now what's the driver's name again i for uh they're they have a couple different ones oh but in in uh you know it's a big race in atlanta the big oval so i'm like well you gotta keep our our decal on there and he was like nice try i said you'll see you keep it on it'll bring you luck but yeah we did some media we did um you know uh steve cochran again on uh saturday before the race and and uh, got to know those guys. They're real nice. So and I was in the pit tower. You know, it was pretty cool. I mean, other than the rain, I mean, that was kind of terrible. We were all soaked. But uh, I thought they were going to close it down and do it Monday. Monday was, was awesome weather. But, no, they got it in. And, uh, yeah, they have the 51 and the 15 nice. transposed. They got both. The owner owns both of those. And then they're in a couple of other divisions of of racing so that was kind of cool i I don't you know it was right in front of my what did you get into on the fourth uh literally on the fourth i went up to my roof deck building and you can see the fireworks all over the suburbs and all over the place so i was what that was that that was on a tuesday so i just took it easy and went up and watched the fireworks nice so are fireworks legal in Dallas or Texas or no? Yeah, they have these different. I mean, you know what? I know they are legal. I see fireworks stands, but they're mostly like out in the country, you know, yeah. like city to city. Because sometimes um, it's they're they're legal, but they're like the little ones, you know, like not yeah. the ones that use the tube. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Shows shows around town. Like we have this Kaboom Town. I think they have like yeah. Probably, I don't know how many people would go, but it's 
it's a couple thousand. So you were able to see some fireworks for the fourth. I did. I saw a couple. I saw. A couple. I didn't see. I didn't go to Kaboom Town. I didn't go Kaboom. to the, the bigger shows, but I uh, definitely saw some and heard some out the window. Yeah. Yeah. What about this new uh, basketball kid for the Spurs? He's awesome. What is he? Seven three. He's a game weight. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that he's going to be great. They need to make sure they, you know, control his minutes. And I think he's just really young right now. He needs definitely needs to gain weight. Yeah. He he had a his first game was 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 okay. It wasn't bad, but his second game and uh was so much better that they basically were like, we're going to pull you now. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't, nobody, you know. Right. So you don't blow you out your knee elbow, in summer league. Elbow through, elbow through your chest and cave it in. Right. Or blow a knee out in summer league. Right. Right. And be out. So, like yeah. To... So I think they're making a smart decision about maintaining his, you know, getting his weight right and his physicality kind of, I'm sure will follow, but. Yeah, I mean, he's a young kid. He's going to be – I think he'll be good. I think, you know, time will tell, but he's got the size. He's got he the coach, right? Popovich is still there? Kid. Yeah, Pop's still there. Yeah, so that's a good coach for him to learn under. That's that's definitely for sure. I saw him in an interview, and he was like, for some reason, I, I just I, – I think I was made to come to San Antonio. So he's all happy, the kid. Yeah. So we'll see what I think he'll be good. I can't pronounce his last name very well, but what is it? Man, so what so. so what is his name? Try it. Victor Wimbanyana. Wambanyama. Victor Wim Wimbanyama. So what go. would you call him? Victor. I'd call him, I'd call him Vic. <laughs> Victor. What well, I guess the as the announcers and stuff, man, right? That's going to be, he's going to be Victor. Victor. You should just put the first, I don't know. That's Just a long put last... Victor on the back of his jersey? Yeah, like old school style. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, this Victor kid. They're like, you should see his last name. Right. So. You should see him rebound. No, he's going to be good. I think he'll be good. I mean, what do you think? You think he's going to be? Yeah. Not, he'll be he's pre- not going to be. No, no. Seven three and looks like he can do everything. Mm -hmm. So, couple cheeseburgers later and boom. Yeah, couple. uh, Have you ever spent much time in San Antonio? I do like San Antonio. They have uh, the The River Walk Walk there, and I've seen. I've gone to a couple conferences there. Um, I remember there long time ago. Uh, I got a chance to ride on one of those little boats in the River Walk. cool i remember ozzy peeing on the alamo yeah. oh yeah the alamo still there oh man it's, it's the there. building it's got the buoy knife there <laughs> it's got the jim you know. buoy <laughs> oh yeah buddy you used to see the size of that knife. do they still have the gunslingers um the team oh you know what uh, I don't... wasn't that jim kelly oh, jim kelly the usfl i mean yeah i guess usfl is back but <laughs> I don't know if the gunslingers made it. <laughs> I thought I thought they brought all those I teams back. Ozzy than the gunslingers. Right. Unfortunately, Ozzy just pulled out of the power trip. So that concert I'm going to in October, he, he pulled right. out. I remember you talking about that. So he's out now. Yeah, so everybody's like, 
who's going to take their place, whether it's like Pantera or Aerosmith or I'm voting Disturbed. That would be great. That'd be nice. Your buddy. So, all righty, man. Let's go talk to JR. Sounds good, brother. All righty. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. One eight seven seven Web Now One. Welcome back. We are joined today by a former NHL hockey player from Boston, Massachusetts. He was drafted eighth overall by our Chicago Blackhawks in nineteen eighty eight. He has over thirteen hundred games played and twelve hundred career points with five different NHL organizations. Jeremy Ronick, welcome to the show. Where are you at? I am in Lake Orion, Michigan, right outside of Detroit for a member guest out here and some of my best buddies in the world, my golfing friends and friends for life. We do this every year and it's um, it's a crazy, crazy fun week of golf and entertainment. And as you can see in the back, Lake Life. Right. So how is your golf game these days? Well, it was pretty good. I haven't played too much in the last couple of weeks, which is probably a good thing because I've played so much over the last couple of months. Um, I finished second in the Celebrity Tournament a few weeks back. Shot 74, 72, wow. 69. Nice. Um, so, I mean, it's good. The game is good. I just don't I just don't know how it's going to be not playing for a couple of weeks. But, you know. yeah. How's your body holding up right now after, after all the years of grinding? Yeah. Well, I continue to try to damage it nightly, daily, um, you know, with everything that I do. I still work out. I spin, you know, I do uh, circuit training and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I, I travel too much, but I, I like I feel good, you know, barring 25 pounds overweight right now because all the travel that I've been doing and all the entertaining I've been doing, but um, haven't had fine, found time to settle down and take care of myself the way I'm supposed to, but that'll come towards the end of the year. But for the most part, after 20 years of playing the game the way I did and living life the way they do, I, my body feels really good. I'm very fortunate, yeah. knock on wood. So that's crazy. You ever been in a hyper, what is it, hyperbaric chamber? Yeah, the hyperbaric. Are you kidding me? I used to live in hyperbaric chambers when I was playing. And, and the cold tubs right now are, are the end thing, right? Yeah, those, like those the cryo. plunges. The cold plunges, just get in cold water, yeah, sit there. And, water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad has one of those. I guess the doctor told him, you know, come out and do like 35 sessions. So he breaks out his pencil and he's like, how much is it going to cost me to drive there and <laughs> and do 35 sessions? So he just bought one and he's got it in his garage. And I mean, during the pandemic and everything, I mean, if you were going to measure him I mean, he he really didn't go anywhere, and he's still all there. So it's it's mm-hmm. got to be something positive with that. My our family is telling ourselves because he's all there still. Yeah, thank yeah. you know, knock on yeah. wood. Thank God. And and I mean, physically, obviously, he's Beautiful eighty. Man. Yeah. So 
Beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah, we love we love Pops. Yeah, I'm going to see him tomorrow. I'm flying back to Malibu. You give him a big hug for me, okay? I will. I will. Well, we all know that the Butkuses can be pranksters, Jeremy. (laughs) Mm. Yes. Uh, Notorious. I I did read a small article on your prankishness. Can you fill us in on what happened in Vegas with the, the gentleman in the window? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It's it's more like a it's really like a 35 40 minute story to tell you the truth. I mean, that's how extravagant this prank, wow. prank was. And you know, I hired a, a a professional film crew and television show out of uh LA called Scare Tactics and went to Vegas with a couple young guys from San Jose and uh we pretended to go to a high-end fun teenage kind of, you know, that teeny bopper kind of party that you always see on television because i had a couple of young guys with me but i ended up taking them to uh what turned out to be kind of like an, an eyes wide shut very private uh very realistic crazy last scary <laughs> uh what's the best word uh, uh cannibalistic party where these people were were people eaters let's just wow. say and um, I scared one of my kid, one of my guys so much, so bad, um, because, you know, with special effects, it can really, really have, uh, yeah. a, just a, a, just such a realistic, uh, believability to it that, um, you know, there's a lady at the end of this prank that was laying on a table with her entire stomach cut open and exposed <laughs> where people were eating all of her insides. And my buddy jumped with, through with a army jumped, hammer there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he he jumped through a double pane double pane window, um, which oh, happened man. to have just just metal shutters on the windows, like you like you have behind you. Uh-huh. And he saw he saw the shutters and literally ran for the window, jumped right through it head first into the, and literally we took him two hours to find. And he ended up he ended up hiding in Wayne Newton's llama pen. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> He thought these people were chasing him, trying to kill him. It was um, quite the extensive, uh, quite the extensive prank. But uh, how long was this guy a rookie? <laughs> um, he wasn't a rookie, but I think it was his second year in the league. So they oh, were very young, young, young yeah, guy. Yeah, they're yeah, very young, very gullible, very You're gullible. You're gonna have to up our game, then, then Budco. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I would have to say this prank probably cost a hundred grand <laughs> to pull off. He's like, yeah, I would so. recommend medication, it. medication, yeah. yeah. Has anybody tried to pull a prank on you in your younger days? You know, all the usual bullshit that you usually do, you know, you know, putting the toothpaste on the phone, putting the baby powder in the hair dryer. Um, <laughs> there you, you go. Know, you know, stupid, stupid little shit. I had one time, and I've done this prank too. Somebody t- took all my furniture out of my hotel room and set it up in another part of the hallway, down the hallway from my hotel room. So when I walked into my room, I had absolutely no no furniture in my room. <laughs> and I actually did that same prank to uh, to a friend of mine um, named Ryan Klo, played for San Jose. And uh, he got back at three in the morning to find his room empty without, and his room was set up up by the elevators perfectly like it was in his room. And he just slept out by the elevators <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning. Really? Kind of funny. Oh yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, my dad does one with the the cellophane on the toilet. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, <laughs> a, that's always a good one. That's always a good one. And then the yeah, oldies, it's, it's endless. Yeah, he, he moved up from short sheet and the bed. I know, remember right? I, 
I, I remember used to hide, hiding in guys' lockers as they came in to get changed in the morning for morning practice. And I did it to Rick Tockett and jumped out of his locker. And he absolutely just cold cocked me with a right hook. Right, right. <laughs> oh, dead. I said, I said, that's the last time I'm scaring Rick Tockett ever. I probably should have thought about it before. Like Rick Tockett's <laughs> one of the toughest guys of all time. The last thing he's going to do is get really scared. He's going to fight back. Well, he caught me with a nice right, right to the hook, right to the mouth. Who is, who is the toughest guy that you went against, or one of them? I mean, just somebody that you was just, you know, game to game, just a hot, just a dog out in the ice. Well, I mean, there are all kinds of different toughnesses, right? There's toughness in terms of fighting. There's toughness in terms of physicality and and you know hitting. There's toughness of guys that continue to be in your face that make life brutal for you. I mean. the I mean, I fought all. I fought a lot of tough guys. I fought Bob Probert. I fought Martin McSorley, Craig Ruby, all these guys that I shouldn't be fighting because of my size <laughs> and my lack of fighting experience. But taught me a lot. There's no question about it. But you know, the Mark Messier was probably the toughest to play against in, in terms of the whole the whole it's scheme of things, right? Yeah, just score. He'll score anytime on you. He'll make great passes. He was, you know, if you. If you turn your back on him, he's going to give you a good slash in the ankle, inflict some pain. I mean, the guy was just, uh, he was just a beast, beast of a hockey player. You want to talk about it all around, like yeah. a complete hockey player from top to bottom. Mark Messier was that guy for me. Yeah. Now he's looking pretty on what ESPN with Chelly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're, they're, probably, they're, they're probably going to change up a little bit of stuff there at ESPN. So, yeah. Well, they they need to. I think both networks need to. It's a little bland, if you ask me. Yeah. I agree. Were you able to catch any of the the playoffs or the Stanley Cup? I did, of course. Yeah. Of course. Playoffs are the best. NHL playoffs are the by far the best uh, of any sport when it comes to playoff yeah. uh, performances and action. And you know, there's just so many great things that happen in the playoffs. And to watch what Vegas did. I mean, the fact that Vegas won a Stanley Cup after only six years of existence is absolutely phenomenal to me. And yeah. just being the second their second cup, it was awesome. And, and to watch Florida be this, you know, the last team to get into the playoffs. They were the sixteenth ranked team and they just cruised right to the finals, which was amazing to me too. So watching Matthew Kachuk, who I've known since he's been born, was a phenomenal uh, experience. Watching Florida kind of morph into the Matthew Kachuk style team and what type of player that Matthew Kachuk is in terms of his you know, his imprint that he put on that Florida team, which is why they're so hard to play against. Um, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a great, it, I thought it was a great playoff, playoff season. The game has changed a lot, but still playoff hockey is playoff hockey. Yeah. And overtime too. They got to have, the, you know, the best overtime amongst all oh, the yeah. pro sports. Oh, yeah. oh, and it's, it's a game yeah. of it, definitely a game that's... of inches there. Is Talon still down in Florida? Um, he's not, uh, I don't know where I, I saw Dale a few, a few months back, you know, he's, he's been such a great part of hockey, you know, for the way that he built Chicago. I think that, that the Florida Panthers, he deserves a, a majority of the credit for building that Florida Panther organization. And, um, you know, he's, whether he gets back into the league or not, I think he deserves it. He's such a brilliant hockey mind and has done such great things in terms of, um, of team building and creation. It's been unbelievable. Who's been one of your favorite coaches? I was like that was the, I was never really a coach type player. <laughs> <laughs> well, even you know maybe high school, anywhere in your career. Uh, you know i I've always been I've always been more drawn to tough coaches. My high school coach Arthur Valiseni was 
he was an absolute drill sergeant. He was um, a very intimidating looking gentleman with a deep voice and a, and a firm grip. Same as Mike Keenan. Mike Keenan probably is yeah. my favorite. And, and not too many people say that about Mike because he was so abusive and, and, and so difficult to, to, to play for. Um, you know, they, they call him Iron Mike for a reason. You know, Mike didn't want anybody to be comfortable in that locker room. He didn't want anybody to feel like they were, that everything was going to be okay and easy. He, uncomfort was, was Mike's way of keeping people on edge, making them work harder, making them fight harder. You know, he always says being comfortable leads to complacency. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, Mike taught me a lot about that. Um, you know, I've had a lot of really, you know, good coaches. I've had a few really bad coaches, and <laughs> ones that, you know, that were just absolutely awful. But I've had some that, and I've had some that were absolute phenomenal hockey minds. I mean, smart to the core, amazing kind of systems that they put together and students of the game. but just pers- personality wise didn't we didn't get along at all so it was like you had to you respected them but you had to drudge through seasons because they don't want you to have fun they want you to just no smiling don't have fun just stick sure. to business you know we're playing a game for a living we're playing a sport <laughs> we're supposed right. to enter we're supposed to entertain people right we're supposed to have fun doing it have you I've never known someone to say, listen, if you that hasn't had that mentality, if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, find something else to do. Right. Right. Sure. It's sure. the same in sports. Yeah, I've read a couple other articles regarding like 13 concussions and, and 800 stitches in your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, as far as like CTE or concussion syndrome or anything, do you find anything like, I mean, 13 is quite a bit. It or, is. It is, it, you know, I've taken a lot of hits to the head, you know, and, you know, it's, it's something that I really, I really strive to take care of. I've done a lot of, um, you know, cold laser treatments on my head and try oh, to okay. keep things. Um, Cause I know that that stuff can happen. And I'm sure there's a lot of damage in there that that's not a guess. There's for sure a lot of damage up there in that, <laughs> that brain of mine. But um, you know, as of right now, I'm 53 years old. I, I don't have any, uh, cognitive issues with the exception of just getting old and forgetting what day it is every once in a while or where I just came from or who I just talked to or who I was just introduced to all the same stuff that happens as you get older. But, um, um, I, I just hope it, I hope it continues that way because you never know, you know, what kind of effects that are really inside your brain from 13 concussions to whatever, you just never know. But right now I'm, I'm very fortunate to be very healthy. You definitely sound great. I mean, I've I've had conversations with ex-athletes where, you know, their cognitive mind is kind of, you could tell a little bit. You don't sound that yeah. That's all. Yeah. Well, if I struggled, if I, if I struggle to get a word out or find a word in my vocabulary, it's not really because my brain has been hit too much. It's just because my education was a little bit lower. <laughs> right, yeah. So who are some of the guys you still uh, run around with? Was your favorite place in your career to play was in Chicago? Well, you know, when you get drafted by a team, like, you know, Chicago drafted me number one, uh, their eighth pick, their first pick in 1988. You you have a loyalty to that team. Sure. Right? You have a, you have sure. a, I think there's a bias. I think there definitely is a, uh, you feel very drawn to that team and close to that team. You have a bond that will never change. And no matter where you go, 
it's that first team that is always the one. And I, that was my best years, you know, it's from 88 to 96. And you know, unfortunately the, uh, the departure from Chicago was a very difficult one for me. And one that I would probably uh, treat a little bit differently if I had to go back and do it all again. But um, it was a great city for sure. And one that, uh, that still treats me very, very well. And I still call my own and that Jersey still is, you know, my favorite in, in all of sports. Philadelphia for me also was just an incredible, incredible place to play. The fan, fan base, the support, the, the attention to sports that they have there is uh, second to none. Yeah, they got a new guy at the yeah. helm, right? The, yeah. Yeah. The announcer yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be, I, th I think Keith Jones getting into the presidency, I think Danny Breer being the GM there, they're going to do a good job getting that team back together. But, you know, you asked me about who I hang with and who I run with. You know, I don't really, I don't associate too much with many guys. I, I talk to a lot of guys. Um, Chris Chelios is probably who I see the most. He's by far one of my favorite people in the world. Um, my favorite teammate. You know, I still talk to Stefan Matteau a lot. I still, t I'm, I'm with Tamu Solane a lot. Um, you know, the guys, there, there are a few guys that I meet up with that, uh, especially during the alumni events that I really get along with. Great. Matthew Barnaby, who kissed me during a fight one time back in the, in the nineties <laughs> was uh, him and I are great, great friends. Ally Afraidy and I are great friends, Brad May. So there's a lot of guys that when I see them, the love is just, it oozes, oozes um, right. excitement. But um, yeah, you played a lot with Mike Madonna too, didn't you? Yeah. Played a lot against him since I was 11, 12 years old. And, you know, we grew up in the U.S. system. So playing against him, growing up, playing with him during the, the USA teams, whether it was the 17s, the 18s, junior teams, uh, the Olympic teams, World Cup teams. You know, Mike Madonna is... Uh, to me, the, the the greatest American ever ever to put on skates. That's kind of feelings I have for him. You know, he is the number one American scorer right now. Uh, whether that remains to be uh, determined, he's going to hold on to it with Patrick Kane, obviously chasing them. You know, Matthews is going to chase him. But uh, Mike McDonald to me was the was was the most beautiful players that I've ever seen play the game. And a guy that I kind of rated myself to. I got into a lot of trouble playing against Mike McDonald. Um, <laughs> got suspended, suspended once, and got my jaw broken in five places because of the because of how I played against Mike. <laughs> you remember those times, Matt, in Dallas when they were winning I the do, cups? I do. I, when I moved to Dallas, the Stars, Mike McDonald, obviously was a huge, huge influence on our team. And was yeah. Brett Brett there? Didn't he have something that Brett Hall have yep. something to do yeah. with the team? Yeah, yeah I had, yeah, I had dinner there. with Brett. I had dinner with Brett. Him and Tommy Armour the third. We went to Campeses in in Dallas. Oh, nice. Oh, very yeah. cool. Tommy Armour is awesome. I love yeah, Tommy Armour. Cool. We got to hang. We got to hang out at his house on, uh, a few years in a row when he was at the Byron Nelson. Yeah, he was very a big. Cool. He had a he had a house off the. Holly's Holly Holly is another one that I one of my favorite people of all time. I actually my son. My son is named kind of after Brett, so oh, I have nice. a tattoo of Brett. Awesome. So He's a great guy. Yeah. We had a blast. As the, the night went over, the table got louder and louder and louder. <laughs> well, I, I, I can understand that with Brett because there wasn't there wasn't a more controversial, more fun, more tell-it-like-it-is person than me than Brett Hall uh, in the National Hockey League. We need more personalities like him uh, to uh, to play these sports and give us some entertainment away from the game, right? Uh, and the fun entertainment that Brett Hall brought. 
And, you know, one of the best goal scorers I've ever seen. I mean, just an amazing, oh, amazing yeah. player. Oh, yeah. Amazing player. Great athlete. Yep. Amazing. Awesome. And even though he doesn't look like an athlete, like none of us look like athletes, but he, boy, he could play. Ooh, boy. Right. He could fly. And God rest yeah. his soul, his dad, you know, just passed. Yeah. Really, but in Chicago, yeah. man, those guys, man, Bobby was awesome. Imagine, imagine the amount of goals a father and son put up in the, in the National Hockey League. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. Where else, where else in sports do you see a father son do stuff like that? You know, like you know the Bonds family. You know the oh, father son. Yeah, that that was pretty unbelievable. But um, nothing like the Halls. I don't think <laughs> nothing like Halls. What do you think about the the number one draft pick coming to the to the Hawks? About this, you know, this young kid coming in. Yeah, good win, good win for the Hawks, right? Lucky, you know, lucky Luck, draw the ball. Lucky ball. Lucky, <laughs> lucky ball. draw ball the ball. Take, lucky ball drop. Yeah, it take, takes them from three to one, third pick to the first pick. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Way to go. I was very excited about that, actually. Um, I'm very happy for Chicago. I, I think this kid has the ability and has the, the, the possibilities of being, again, the generational player. And we say generational. We, we, we use that word very cautiously because – um, you know, there's very few players that come into the league that have that kind of status that could have that kind of status. Obviously, Connor McDavid being one of them, Austin Matthews being another. Uh, we, we knew it with, with Crosby. We knew it with Mario, with Lindros. So my only issue and my only concern is the kid's size. I mean, he's only 5'9", 5'10". Yeah, 5'10", 175 pounds or something like that. I don't know without as much support in Chicago right now. I'm, I'm glad they're starting to get a couple key pieces. Felino going there, uh, Taylor Hall going there. It's going to help. But um, this kid, I think his talent is is off the chart higher than, than most people in the National Hockey League. It's just going to really be determined by his grit, his determination, and how much pressure this kid can uh, can withstand. Because um, everything else, he seemed to just blow away all records throughout his junior career and world juniors and everything. So I'm excited to watch him play, to tell yeah. you the truth. 17 years old, isn't he? He's, <laughs> he's got to be 18. He's got to be 18 by now, right? Probably with the draft. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah. But so. um, yeah, he's uh, it's, Chicago has uh, got very lucky uh, to move up to number one to get this kid. I think, uh, you know, I think. Chicago expects great things from him, which they they should. Yeah. Then they said, I don't, I don't know, maybe a rumor had it that Kane may come back to Chicago to help and play with. Well, this I team. think I, I mean, I think that would be great. I don't know whether Patrick wants to do wants to go back. Um, you know, he just had a little hip surgery, I believe, in the off season, probably taking some time off. It is, it is middle July. It's it's been a couple weeks since free agency has has. Uh, has been in effect. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, where, what Patrick's thinking. Uh, I heard rumors that Chicago doesn't want him back, Mm. um, which would, which would totally shock the hell out of me. Right. um, If uh, they didn't want him back, because having a Patrick Kane go back to Chicago, who's because he's an icon to help a young kid like Bedard, I think would be a nice mix and a nice way for Patrick kind of to finish off the last few years here of his career. So, um, I don't know. Like you said, you know, you're kind of favorable to where you start, you know, maybe. Yeah. I I would not be surprised or, or I would not, um, 
say no to him going back to play in Buffalo, to tell you the truth. His right. hometown was <laughs> right. where his parents yeah. live. Play, you know, you know, his dad and mom drive to every game in Chicago from Buffalo. So, <laughs> they, he, you know, Patrick could really save them a lot of gas money by just playing right there in his hometown. Buffalo's putting together a pretty good hockey team. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens if uh, if if Patrick can get out, get over the surgery and, you know, come back. I, I'm going to be very, very curious to see where he ends up. So how's the family life? Do you have do you have a daughter and a son, like you said, right? Yeah, my daughter's a my daughter is a world class um, equestrian rider. Oh, nice! That's so cool. yeah. So, yeah, she uh, she she rides for the largest breeding farm in the world over in Germany, and my son lives in San Diego with us, with me, not with me, but you know he's having the time of his life, works in finance, and he's actually here with me this week playing in this tournament uh, also. So, you know, we have a lot. I I'm very very fortunate to have two great kids that I do a lot of things with that are a lot, very very cool to hang out with. Right? That's awesome. You know, so that yeah, cool. everything's good. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just on the road so much. I don't get to see that many people. I think I've been at home, you know, three weeks since the beginning of three weeks since the beginning of this of the year. It's the it's a crazy year for events, crazy year for charity tournaments, for charity events, raising money for charity. Everybody's trying to get back on that uh, that you know on the train of you know raising money for their corporations, their charities after COVID. You know, really put. Uh, put people in the you know behind the eight ball with uh, helping other people so it's it's been just a rock and roll type of year i mean i think i think i've been involved with the with about raising 10 or 11 million dollars worth of uh of donations uh to different charities since awesome. the beginning of january yeah it's been, it's been a lot of fun it's yeah, all we're about it the you know the butkus award we have it on the trophy you know you got to give back yep. you know pops is yep, a big 100%. proponent of that I just never, I never understood how people like athletes that have the, the God given ability to play a sport, entertain people and raise money just by showing up to shake hands and entertain. Uh, you can literally make people's lives better by showing up and having a good time, people donating to the, the to the cause because they just want to mingle around, play golf, shake hands, hear stories and athletes that don't take advantage of that are really missing, you know, really God's gift to helping people that aren't as fortunate as us, for sure. Yeah, no, that's a good lead in. What What about, tell the story about, you know, I think you were touched by Gordie Howe. Yeah. And yeah, I was, seven, I was seven years old, seven years old living in Hartford. And Gordie was playing for the Hartford Whalers with his two sons, Marty and Mark, which is a, another feat in itself. Wow. You know, only Gordy could Only Gordy could pull that off. But I'm seven years old and I'm playing at my local arena and the Hartford Whalers are getting ready to go on for their morning skate. And all the kids are up on the hanging on the glass and watching the Whalers skate around and in awe of how fast they are and how hard they can shoot the puck. And, you know, late in the practice, Gordy Howe comes by and scoops up a bunch of snow and dumps it all over my head and then, you know, swishes my hair around and <laughs> gives me a good wink. Like it's, it was really cool because it was just it was just me and Gordy, right? Like Gordy Howe, Mr. Hockey. You know, pick me out of all the kids that were on the line and dump snow on my head. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I told my parents, I told my friends, I told my teachers, I told everybody. And I'm 53 years old. And I'm still telling it to you now. And at that point, uh, you know, I realized uh, that that's this is where kids get influenced. You know, you, you heard Charles Barkley talk about I'm not a role model. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more in disagreement of one of my best buddies in the world. Um, and Charles, we are 
role models, whether you want to be or not. We, we, you affect people, the things you do. And I knew that when I became a pro, I could give people stories. I can make an impact. I can give somebody a, a memory for life in five seconds, in 10 seconds, and not even saying any, like really nothing out of my time, but yeah. it's so important. And it's, whether it's throwing a puck to a kid or, I used to stick my hand through the camera hole and take popcorn out of a kid's bag, you know, and eat it during a commercial, you know, just give them something to be like, Oh my God, can't believe he just did that. <laughs> because fan appreciation, man, you have to appreciate the fans. You have to acknowledge that you appreciate them being there because I always say pro sports would not be pro sports without the fans paying their hard earned money to come watch us play our sports on a field, on a court, on an arena, and literally come out of your living room and and nowadays pay a lot of money sure. to get a ticket to get a ticket to come watch what we do. We didn't have the fans. We would just be a local a local men's league with a designated beer guy at the local arena down the way. I mean that's that's pretty much what charge, it is. Yeah. In charge of the so selling exactly old, so, selling old churros. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got to make sure that you uh, you take care of the fans and take care of the things that are important in sports. And that's, you know, appreciate what they do. Sign an autograph whenever you can. Shake hands. You know, if it's me, I, I hugged a guy in, in, in O'Hare Airport yesterday. Guy from Philly. Philly fan stopped me. Mm -hmm. You know, hi, I'm from Philly. I said, give me a hug. Big hug. You know, you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid to do things that are going to shock people a little bit and leave an impression. Because I left an impression. I left an impression with a Philly fan yesterday. I hugged him that's right in the middle cool. of O'Hare Airport. Yeah, very yeah. important. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we have a we have our our foundation as a takes heart program, and we're trying to get. A while ago, we got we finally have a scanning facility in every NFL city, and I great. came came up with a little thing: scans for fans, and now trying to get to the NFL and the local teams to divvy up a little bit for the for the fans to get scanned it's great you know great. as athletes i mean you, we got we're we're taken care of but it's the people buying those hundred dollar yep. tickets and fourteen dollar hot dogs and like you said yeah. it's the fans More that like keep everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah that's right that's right yeah no it's that's good for you exactly right you know again taking care of yourself taking care of people giving people that you know, that luxury of having it available to them because a lot of people don't. So good for you, man. Yep. Good for you. Yeah, that's totally cool. And, so are you, yeah. are you a whiskey guy, Jeremy? I have become a whiskey guy. Yep. I've, uh, I'd like to hear more. Definitely. <laughs> well, listen, I don't think it's a big secret that I, uh, that I like, that I love my spirits. I love my wine. I love my vodka. I love my tequila. I love entertaining people. And there's nothing okay. better than uh, than a nice glass of whiskey with a cigar after a after a golf round or before you go to sleep sitting out by the campfire. So yeah. during the pandemic, a couple of buddies of mine uh, and I decided to start start a little project. We started a chocolate whiskey and a chocolate orange whiskey. Uh, it has now come to fruition. It's called Whiskey in the Wild. We um, we have a very unique brand. We built a bottle that nobody's ever built. We built a uh, flask into the bottle our whole mentality is take what's it with it you what's it called it's called whiskey in the wild whiskey so in the wild whisk, whiskey will uh, take you to our website and you will see our bottle is one of the coolest bottles ever it makes for a great gift we um 
we kind of we kind of pander to the outdoorsmen, to the people that want to, you know, take it with you. You're on a hike, you're on a ski trip, you're on a bike bike trip, you're camping. You want to you know, take the flask right off the bottle, fill it up, take it with you because I will tell you, it was one of the best drinking experiences that you will ever have in your entire life. And I have turned probably 99% of all non-whiskey drinking females into whiskey lovers with nice. whiskey in the wild. Right. It is I gotta try this amazing. Stuff, yeah, I think we, it is amazing. I think we talked well, about it earlier, right? Where you, you were yeah. going to combine something with Chelly, right? With the, yeah. So Chelly and I, at some point, we're going to do a little collaboration with El Bandito and whiskey in the wild and do, do like a, a Chicago icon package deal and allow people to try both of our, our spirits. And since there's no competition between the two, he's a tequila and I'm a whiskey. Right. So, um, oh, I'm looking at the yeah. bottle right now. It is Thank awesome. You. Yeah. With the yeah, black flask it with it. There it is. Look, look how cool that is. Right. The flask yeah, built right into cool. it. There's, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's actually a little spout that we built into the top of the bottle that allows you to pour into it very, uh, a little bit more seamlessly. Oh, I so. see that right, right. there. Instead of yeah. going to the drawer yeah. to get that little uh, funnel yeah. thing. It makes, and by the way, it <laughs> makes it makes it makes a great gift, right? So, um, it, I mean, that's a twenty-four dollar flask that's attached to a, a very expensive bottle. Um, one bottle of uh, of whiskey in the wild uh, is about eighty-nine dollars. It's only online right now, but we're in the midst right now of working on getting a getting a national distributor which is always the big, you know, the big decision when you're doing a, a, an, an alcohol or a spirit, the distributor becomes your life and death pretty much scenario. So hopefully we can pick the right the, uh, distributor and, and continue to rock, rock on. We, st- we launched in August and we've had probably one of the best launches that, um, that our online distributor has had in any spirit over the last n- eight months, nine months. So we're, we're extremely excited. Nice. That's great. You got to try it out. Yes, sir. You have to try it out. Trust me. I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you the pleasure that's going to sift through your palate would be like nothing you've ever had. Man, I've never right. thought about drinking whiskey so hard at eight in the morning. You know? Yeah, it, yeah there's, no, there's no burn. Trust me. It's a pleasurable experience 24-7. 24-7. There's, there's the title of the show today. No burn. 24-7. No, no, no burn. <laughs> God, I wish I had no burn twenty four seven because I'm just burning, <laughs> still I'm burning. constantly burning, still I'm burning on burning. burning on both ends. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. are you enjoying San Diego? I do. I love it. I, I, you know, I don't love the politics. I don't like the taxes. I don't like the gas prices, and but I love, I love the the area. I love the ocean. It's such a great. It's it's a very militarized. Um, city very safe but it's just quiet i mean the traffic isn't so crazy yeah uh we got the perfect weather i mean our weather is the most perfect weather in the world so uh you know i i don't see myself ever moving back to a cold place i'll visit a cold place but san diego is it's been uh it's been a great place uh for me to live and kind of staying out of the craziness of of what my life brings right so i can always go back and find some peace in san diego yeah, I think it's a shame that the Chargers left there. It's a it's sports wise, it's a hit or miss city, right? They're huge Padres fans. Yeah, um, but because because we are such an outdoorsy area, because the weather is so good, these indoor sports, with the exception of football, football, I think just the fans kind of 
revolted against the owner. Um, I, well, will we ever get a team back? Uh, I would not be surprised if a team football team comes back to San Diego. Um, it's kind of weird having them up in LA, but uh, you know, no hockey team, no basketball team in San Diego. And San Diego is a big city. It's a big, small city. Yeah. Who do you, uh, who would you say you, f- you follow in, in the NFL? Who's your, is it, you know, New England from when you were born or the Bears well, obviously, or? Obviously, obviously, when Tom Brady was with the Patriots, you, know, you got to follow Tom Brady. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I mean, listen, let's go shocker. Let, let's be a little bit unique and, and new, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> I, you know, who I really like watching is, um, is Patrick Mahomes. He's just, he's just such an incredible athlete to me. And, and Kelsey and, you know, watching that, that, you know, the KC team play has always been for the last couple of years have been really intriguing to me. And Joe Burrows or Joe Burrow to me in, in Cincy is another amazing football player for me to watch. Those are, two, those are two, those are, those are two teams that I really enjoy watching. No question about it. Maybe we'll get you to LA. I think, you know, the bears play at the chargers in LA this year. And that stadium, SoFi Stadium, might be the most unbelievable <laughs> construction of a building I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I've been there from for four or five games, and it is just absolutely—it's jaw-dropping how beautiful that stadium. So I might have to join you up there. Speaking of the stadium, what do you think about the Bears moving out of Soldier Field? It doesn't feel right, does it? No, <laughs> Chicago Bears. You know, Soldier Field—it's such an iconic iconic uh building being right there right off the you know right off of michigan avenue and and lakeshore drive and i know it's a money thing i know it's we all know what the the politics around sports is these days and yeah especially um, chicago you know gotta go gotta go bigger better uh i don't know i think chicago bears fans will support the team anywhere they go yeah it's just not it's just not gonna feel the same not being you know on the lake right there but we'll see. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting move for the Bears. They yeah. definitely their price tag just went up a little bit. I think by by going over there, which probably might be the most expensive sports franchise in history after making that move. But sure. we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, they're supposed to have a you know obviously every year before any Chicago sports people get excited and they made some moves in the off season and the draft and stuff like that. So we'll. They got a dynamite quarterback. If we, if we can, if we can stay consistent and stay healthy. Yeah, you know, they got a good shot. They got a good shot. Which they that's been their biggest problem. You know, since since they since they brought on that idiot Jay Cutler, it just hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been uh, hasn't been very good. Yeah, Matt's brother just got a he's he's working for the Raiders now, isn't he, Matt? Yeah, he's an associate coach for the Raiders doing kickoff return, and he also works with the awesome. Raiders wide receivers so he awesome got a chance to catch a couple of touchdowns from brady so i'm a big Brady fan too yeah. uh, that's not that a boy he's and by his... the way what another another amazing stadium in, in in vegas that place is just a oakland did themselves a very very good very good justice by moving out of oakland and getting into vegas because oh, that yeah. place that super bowl in that building this year is going to be epic yeah i mean i'm telling you epic. we'll be there we'll be there yep when the Bears play Kansas City. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Right? That'll be a t- that, that'll be a tough one for me to root for right there. Yeah. 
I had the. Yeah. I think they played the in the first year, if you remember back, the Bears opened at the Rams in the new stadium, and our family went, and obviously they lost. But later on in the year, I was able. I went with uh, my quarterback at USC was Todd Marinovich. We went to the Bears Raiders in the new stadium, and we beat them. So it was. I got to see the awesome. two new stadiums in one year. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that is very cool. cool. Very cool. Yes, very and cool. And now the, be, I, I guess the too. baseball's moving down there too. Well, listen, everybody can thank the National Hockey League for taking a team into Vegas because that team proved that Vegas is can support a professional team, which nobody thought would be the case. But right. um, I will tell you the greatest, the best place to watch a hockey game in the National Hockey League is Las Vegas, yeah. without question. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're in Nashville. Just an amazing atmosphere, amazing adrenaline, and uh, those 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 organizations know how to do it right. It's pretty special to watch them. And they they build from, don't they? You know, like an expansion team doesn't all the teams kind of protect the guys that they want, and then they form the team. They yeah, you know from the, guys yeah. like castoffs. Yeah, yeah. Which is why Vegas built such a great team from expansion. Which is why Seattle. You know, in their second year in the league, made it, you know, to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, had such a great season. Um, and again, look what Seattle's doing with their fan base. I mean, that's another great place to watch a watch a hockey game. And so, you know, there's the NHL is alive and well with expansion, but um then they they have a few problems with teams like Arizona. Uh even though the Panthers made it to the finals, they still struggle fan fan wise during the year so there's a couple things that they need to fix but all in all it's it's that nhl is it's healthy as it's it's been in a long time yeah what is going on in arizona there they don't they don't want to play in glendale or where the suns play i just think it's bad management to be Mm -hmm. totally honest with you it's bad management it's um wrong planning it's not having the right team to support what they're trying to do um not going to the right people for partnerships. Um, they made the, in 2001, 2000, they made the wrong decision to move, to put their building out in Glendale. And it's just, it's just steamrolled ever since. And they just yeah. have not been able to get that team on track. And uh, unfortunately it's a, it's a hit or miss hockey market. You, there's a very, very small hockey market that's in certain parts of Scottsdale and Mesa and Chandler right there in that in that hub and if you go outside that if you go outside that it's going to be tough to to fill a building and now they're playing in a five thousand seat you know college building which does not bode well for a 75 million (laughs) dollar payroll of uh, of the coyotes right now you played for gretzky down there right i did i did very a very forgetful um uneventful (laughs) year of my life yeah yeah no i love gretz gretz is the best i mean him and i have a great relationship uh gretz again gretz got put in a tough situation i mean he didn't didn't have a great team uh he didn't have the the tools that he needed to make the teams what he wanted and how competitive as he wanted and you're almost you're almost you're you're in a losing situation when you're the the greatest player of all time and hold almost every record in the National Hockey League, and then expect everybody expect that he's going to coach the same way that he played. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible for him to be um, have the success that he had on the ice, off the ice. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
Talk Wetz about is an ex- amazing. Yeah. Wetz is an amazing man. He's an amazing, amazing person. How long have you known I mean, him? I mean, it's got to be. I mean, years? we're over over thirty years. Over wow. thirty. No, no, actually, I met him in nineteen eighty four. At nineteen eighty six. So it's been 38 years, 30, yeah, yeah, yeah. 38 years. Um, You know, Gretz took me out for breakfast in 1986 and wanted me to go play for his junior team. I was still in high school. He wanted me to go up and play in Hall. So we came to Boston with the Oilers. I met him him for breakfast at his hotel. He took me to the Boston Garden, took me right into the locker room, you know, showed me the, the ropes and asked me to come play. And I actually declined them. I stayed in high school and that was 1986. And in 1991, I was sitting next to him in my first all-star game in Chicago stadium. <laughs> there so, you go. Kind of a, That's yeah, awesome. So, yeah. It's kind of a cool, cool change of a change of events and kind of uh, the growth, how the growth happens. Those cool. were some good teams with him and Messier, huh? Jeez. <laughs> I mean, one of the best, one of the best teams of all time, Messier. I mean, you have Messier, Anderson, Curry, uh, yeah. Coffee, Fear, Grant, right? Fuhr, Grant Fear, Kevin Lowe. I mean, you had some <laughs> most unbelievable players <laughs> on that team, man. A plethora, a plethora, a plethora of talent, right? Riches. We've had uh, Alan May on. You remember him? Uh, I love Alan May. Al- Alan, <laughs> I, I, I still text with Alan every once in a while, and when with him out in Washington and yeah. all that stuff. So I, I, um, he's. He's a good friend, and I've known him for a long time. And he does a great job with what he does with the, with the caps. And very good friend of mine. But I, I do keep up. And he actually texted me about a couple of months ago, which was kind yeah, of out of the blue. Yeah, wonderful personality, right? What a wonderful. Yeah, guy. just I was yeah, nice to see to them. To. Nice to see yeah. them win one while he was, you know, yeah, associated with the team, you know, yeah. and yeah. and, and Ovi. That that. That that Stanley Cup is a tough thing to win, man. I played twenty years in the league, and then I, I sniffed it once. You know, I sniffed it once with one one shot at the finals in '92. Yeah, but um, I was there. That's why. I, but I've never, I've never missed seeing it be raised since uh, I came into the league. Since 1988, I have seen, I've seen every captain raise that cup at uh, at the end of the season, and it's just it never gets old to me. Yeah. You must have been excited when, you know, obviously the Hawks, when they did the three and five years, that was pretty incredible. Insane. Insane. But it was hard. The first one, 2010, was against my Flyers. Yeah. So it was like, here, so I'm going to win, win, lose, lose. <laughs> and then no matter what, I'm going to, you know, Philly's my team in the East, Chicago's my team in the West, you know. And I took a lot of heat from a lot of my Flyers fans because I, I literally kind of broke down on set uh, after the Hawks won. <laughs> You know, I really, really got emotional. And all the Philly Flyer fans are like, ah, you suck, JR. You like the Hawks better. I'm like, no, that's not the case. I said, I'd probably be just as emotional if the Flyers won. But you guys will never know because you guys didn't win. (laughs) So, you know, you can't give me shit for being emotional. I would have been emotional with you guys. You know, give me the, you know, you can't give me shit if you don't (laughs) give me the option, the ability to show you that kind of emotion. Win. And what Wait, a damn it! And what a weird way they, you know, with that cane shot. That was, was so weird. I saw it. I knew it went in. I yeah. saw it right away. Yep, I knew it went in. I just know, you know, you have as yeah. a goal scorer, you have those instinctive, those instinctive feelings, and when he's like you know, dropping the gloves, and, and he but dropped. you know what? Those teams are great. Those teams are great. They were built amazing. I mean, Johnny Johnny Taves has been an amazing ambassador to to the league and to the Hawks. Yep. One of the best captains. 
uh, over the last 15 years without question. Uh, I hope, I hope he is doing okay. I, you know, I question whether he'll be playing anymore. Um, you know, he's had a great career. Obviously he's had some troubles over the last couple of years, but Jonathan Taves is uh, one of my favorite. I think one of my favorite players over the last 15 years to, to not only watch, but to talk to, to, um, you know, to be around and especially with my times on television, you know, Johnny was always awesome. So I wish him the best of luck because yeah. he captain, he captained some pretty unbelievable teams. You coming to Chicago anytime soon? I'll be there in August. I have a whiskey event out at Sandbar out in uh, the Gurney area. So I'll be at Sandbar on um, August 5th and with my whiskey and doing a little whiskey tasting out there. And then my golf tournament is at uh, Twin Orchard for Helping Hands Network will be on Monday, August 7th. So highly suggest anybody out there listening, come join me to drink some whiskey on Saturday the 5th and play some golf at Twin Orchard for Helping Hands Network on August yeah. 7th. Should be a lot of fun. Well, maybe I'll take you to the Chili Peppers on August 6th. Uh, oh, the Chili's are, are in, in town? Yeah, they're headlining Lollapalooza. I'm, I'm going to be at the Hall of Fame with my dad, but... I come back uh, Sunday morning, Ooh, and then the Chili party. Peppers are that Sunday night. You know, right, Thick. right there in Grand Park. So, Thick. I might have to take you up on that. Yep. I'm a big Chili fan, and then I you just it. roll yeah. right into the tournament from there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, keep me posted. All righty, man. Well, thanks for being on, man. I you really it. appreciate it. it. Thanks for representing the the Hawks jersey, man. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Say hi to pops. Right? I I will tell him I love him. I will. Yeah, thanks again, buddy. We'll get Absolutely. you up. Thanks we'll get you up to that help. Bears game. Let's do it. All, All righty, buddy. God bless you. God All righty. See ya. Thanks. Jr. Thanks for joining the show today, and thank you to my co-host Matt Amendola. Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and thebutkusaward.com for updates on this podcast. If you're interested in purchasing number fifty-one merchandise please go to dickbutkus.com. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I am Matt Butkus, and we'll catch you on the next episode. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from design and development to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They also are the official website and digital marketing provider for the Butkus Award, and Butkus Foundation websites, and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-W-E-B-N-O-W-1.